Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yes, my friends. Good morning. Live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. (laughs) It's hump day. Uh, Middle of the week. Uh, What a good day. What a great day. I mean, it's a great, it's an okay day. It's, uh, it's media. It's all right. It's winter. What are you going to do? Good morning, my friends. How are you on this beautiful Wednesday morning? Are you ready to dive into all the good stuff that's going on around the state of Alaska? No, I don't have a lot of good news, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I'm going to tell you about all the news, whether you like it or not, because that's what we do each and every day here on the program. We kind of go over the latest and greatest, the big hits, so to speak, uh, on what's happening uh, around the country and around the world, uh, mostly around what's happening here in the state of Alaska. But every now and then we sneak in another story uh, for what's happening uh, across the country and everything else. So good morning and uh, howdy, 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 howdy. Um, let's, um, let's take a look at, look at that. Got it all scored away. Let's take a look at, uh, what is going on in your world? What are you doing? What, uh, what's happening with you? What's happening on today's show? Well, today we're going to be joined by our friend, <clears throat> Michael Shower, uh, state Senator Mike Shower. He's going to be joining us here in just a little bit, um, in hour two, actually, to talk about, uh, well, pretty much everything that's going on around the state, what he sees going on, maybe some commentary on the uh, the piece by Elise Galvin that we talked about here uh, the other day uh, with uh, Brad Keithley. That would be yesterday, I guess. And, uh, and everything else. So he's going to be joining us in hour two. It'll be the shower hour of power. That's what we like to, uh, it's like what we like to lovingly call it. And we're going to dive into that with him. Uh, for the full hour in hour two. Really, this time. I mean it. He's going to show up this time. He got called off to work that, that you know, <clears throat> yeah, last week. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes out of this uh, today with Mike Shower in hour two. In hour one, we're going to be going over, well, some of the headlines from around the state, some of the things that are happening, but we're going to focus a lot in hour one on the... Um, outcomes of the elections in the Matsu borough, where they have aligned those official elections with the, you know, the second Tuesday in November deal where most of the, you know, most if not all of the major elections across the state and really across the country take place. And so we're going to get some insight into what's going on in what is ostensibly one of the reddest areas in the state. And uh, see, there's there's some good news and there's some there's some good news and there's some bad news. I'm just going to I'm just going to throw that out there. There's some good news 
and some bad news. We'll get to that here in just a, just a second. Um, before we do that, I want to give you a slight tease for tomorrow <clears throat> on the program. Tomorrow, uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to fanboy here. All right. I'm trying not to get too excited. Um, tomorrow on the program, we're going to be joined in hour two by author Mark Tufo, who, uh, there may be some Michael Talbot fans out there. Michael Talbot is a character that Mark Tufo has written in a variety of different books, uh, including Indian Hills and Whisperer series, the Fallout, uh, the Fallout series, the zombie, the lichens, the vampires. The I mean, there's a, it's a. I got to tell you, it's uh, I'm pretty excited about it uh, because it is one of my favorite. Uh, he's one of my favorite authors. And uh, I just, on a whim, reached out through a link that I found on a Facebook page. And lo and behold, Mark said, sure, I'd love to come on, uh, which is just shocking to me. But uh, I'm super, super excited about it. And so this is really for me. I mean, you guys are along for the ride. If you enjoy a good, uh, uh, if you enjoy a good, fun, snarky kind of uh you know, uh, a snappy dialogue type book. Um, you will enjoy what Mark has to offer. And we're going to talk with him tomorrow about his, his travails, his, uh, his path into becoming an author. We're going to talk to him about his books and why he wanted to, you know, why the genesis of it and, uh, and everything else. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. But like I said, it's mostly for me. I hope you guys enjoy the ride cuz I'm doing it. I'm super super excited uh about this. I love to see creative people. I love to see them overcome. I know a little bit of Mike's story, uh excuse me, of uh, Mark's story and um I am excited to hear about people overcoming and discovering and succeeding at something that is um well, ostensibly very difficult. Becoming a becoming a professional writer is not the easiest thing in the world, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that tomorrow in hour two of the program. Author Mark Tufo will be uh, joining us. So it's um, it's 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 awesome. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be good. All right. Um, so today, what uh, I guess we start with uh, the election news and results and things like that. And like I said, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. So which do you which do you want first? Which, which do you want? I'm just asking, which, which one do you want first? You want the good news or the bad news? What kind of, what kind of people that tells me a lot about what kind of people you are. If you decide whether you want the good news or the bad news first, I'm kind of a bad news kind of guy first. Like, just give it to me so I have something to soothe my savage soul with after you beat me to death with the bad news. Tell me what the good news is. So that's where I'm going to start. All right. And so here is the bad news. In ostensibly, again, uh, the reddest district in the state, the most conservative the bastion of conservatism in this. I mean, Matsu and Kenai, you know, kind of. But Matsu is really kind of the, you know, that's where all the knuckle draggers live, you know, knuckle dragging troglodytes that we are the conservatives in the state of Alaska. That's where we live. So here's the here's the bad news. 
95, excuse me, 93,429 registered voters in the Matsu. Right? 90, almost, almost 94,000 people registered to vote in the Matsu. Yesterday's turnout, 8,904 people voted. Meaning, our final vote tally last night on the direction of the Matsu Borough, the Matsu the Matsu School Board, and where the schooling in the district is, and of you know spending millions of dollars on bond propositions, nine point five three percent voter turnout. <laughs> not, I knew it was not going to be good last night when I was on my way home. And this is at, I don't know, it's like 6 o'clock at night, okay? It's like 10 to 6. I finally pull into the polling place. I'm tired. It's been a long day, right? I mean, I started 14 hours earlier. I'm about done, you know? And I walk in, and first of all, I wasn't even sure, is this my polling place? Because I didn't see any hardly any signs. Oh, I finally see one sandwich board. There's like one car in the parking lot. I walk in, and the place is, there's one person ahead of me. At the thing, and almost, and there's one person in all the voting booths. So there's like three voters that are there. There's we're outnumbered by election workers. This is at six o'clock at night, right? Uh, Ten to six, something like that. And I give my ID, and uh, the gal's searching, searching, searching through the pages, and she's like, "Oh, yep, here you are." Oh, she goes, "Oh, look, you get your own page all to yourself," and here's my name at the top of the page. With because you know they flip split my family between two pages. Oh, here's my name at the top of the page. I am the only person that has signed between because it's a it's a it's a you know it's like a bound document. So I've got two pages worth of voters, and I'm the only one that signed. There's I'm the only person on two pages of voter that has signed. And I said, oh, oh been a great turnout, huh? She goes, well, it's getting better now. <laughs> Of course it is. Thank you. 9.53% voter turnout in what is ostensibly, or, you know, I keep using that word, practically known to be the most, (laughs) the most conservative area in the state. And, uh... I, I, you know, that's the bad news. Okay, so that's the bad. There's good news. And, and I know somebody already said, I see Melly in the chat room says, but it looks like conservatives are keeping their districts. Okay, that's good. It did show that of the 9.53%, of the almost just under 10% of people that got out and voted, it looks like we did okay as far as fighting back against all the outside influence and the outside money. We didn't go the way of Fairbanks. We would, you know, you know, I, I, I see what's going on. But at the same time, I mean, I'm starting to ask questions like, <clears throat> what if this had been, you know, what if there had been more of a concerted effort by the special interest to get out there? I'm just thinking 10%. You can't even break the double digit mark on the elector, on the, you know, for the voting uh, turnout. That's, oh. 
I just feel like sometimes, again, I feel like I'm on this program sometimes shouting into the void, just like, you know, that nobody is really listening. Um, there were some highlights here uh, in uh, highlights and lowlights in various turnouts through, throughout the communities um, where places like um, the places like Big Lake, 15 percent, 15 percent voter turnout out at Big Lake. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. 11.5% at Kings Lake, uh, 11% in the Seward Meridian uh, area, 11.33 in Selden. Great, great stuff. Snowshoe area had almost 11% as well. And then, then we get down to uh, Wasilla Lake, a 3% voter, 3.72% voter turnout. So sitting at 4.7% voter turnout. Trapper Creek, 3.1% voter turnout. Uh, East Shrock, 3.4%. Oh, come on, people. Come on. Why would you do that? An area of almost 2,000 people and 90 people come out and vote. Why? Why? I mean, is it you just not paying attention anymore? Because remember, government is what happens to you when you're not paying attention. Is this what you want? All right. So that's the bad news. I don't want to be too dobber down today. So we're going to talk about the good news on the other side. But again, I'm 9.53%. There's something wrong there. What's Who's the poet that said this is how the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper? I get that feeling sometimes. We just kind of fade away. Um, all right. We'll be back in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Welcome back to the program. There you go. Uh, let's do this thing. Um, see what you guys have to say here. Um, I'm just going back to see what you guys are talking about in the morning. Shall we? Good morning, says Brian. Shall we fill the moat and prepare to rebel bar- to repel barbarians or rebel barbarians? Rebel barbarians. Um, yeah, we should probably. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my dad. Good morning, dad. Love you. Um. Uh, finally seven above and making ice said Willie. Uh, finally seven. I mean, yeah, it's it, dude. It's going to be so bizarre today. I haven't even gotten to the weather yet. Um, Bill, Bill is making a bet. He says he's got $5 that says shower stands me up. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Um, Anthony says, oh, that's actually good news. Uh, Anthony says, you want some news? Today I discovered making a tube of those Southern-style buttermilk biscuits and giving them a hearty dose of everything bagel seasoning prior to baking yields something heavenly for breakfast. I got to tell you that everything bagel seasoning is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, you can get it at Costco. I don't know if it's just called everything bagel seasoning. And uh, <clears throat> I sprinkle it on, you know, toast, avocado on toast. You smash up avocado with a little salt and pepper and, and then put it on buttered toast. And then sprinkle it with the everything bagel seasoning. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, <laughs> and then Rick says, stop talking about food. That's not fair. Okay. Um. Let's see. Give us the food. Amy says bad news first. Um, I love biscuits and country gravy. Biscuits and syrup, biscuits and jelly. You want to know a great recipe for biscuits and gravy? I should tell you this. I shouldn't tell you this. It's a secret. No, I'll, I'll just, never mind. Forget I said anything. Um... Good morning, good morning, good morning. Melody says, it's very sad that people are not interested in voting. Ron says, and that's why we are slowly going socialist. Uh, Brian said, my neighbor, who does the absentee most of the time, sent me a text that says, where the hell is everyone? And Ron, I think, though, I think Ron nails it here. People have convinced themselves that voting doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, I would agree. I think that's kind of a big chunk of this is people have just convinced themselves that it just throwing their hands up in the air and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but that leads to, you're right. You're right, Anthony. That kind of voter turnout leads to this 9% voter turnout. Our current political system in this state has become 10 guys building a boat Whilst the other 100 people riding on it do nothing, uh, are who, who riding on it, not doing anything, are complaining about the color of the sails. He's not wrong. Is not wrong. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um. Rackrick, uh, Rackrick, Rackrick. Worse, those that didn't vote complain the loudest that their voices aren't being heard or complain about policies being passed. I, I've got to be honest with you, uh, Rick. I, I've been saying this for a while. I said that the first thing that, you know, usually when I answer phone calls, it's who, you know, who are you, where are you calling from? Now I'm going to ask, who are you, where are you calling from, and did you vote in the last election? I just want to, I just want to know. Um, all right. Um... Cough it up. What is the secret? Oh, they want the biscuits recipe. Uh, it's not a recipe for biscuits. It's the gravy side. That's what gets you. It's the gravy side. Mm, gravy sausage. Oh, I can't wait. All right, I'll tell you in a little bit. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Do all the stuff, the youtube things and everything else. Here we go with the good news in the Matsuburo Assembly. Maybe.
Okay, so now that we got the bad news out of the way, for those of you just joining us, I was saying there's good news and there's bad news. What do you want first? And I chose myself because, I mean, I want to hear the bad news first so that I can be somehow soothed by the good news. Uh, the bad news is, of course, that the voter turnout in the Matsuburo elections were excruciatingly low. Excruciatingly low. Now, this does match what happened back in uh, the Wasilla election back in October for the city of Wasilla, where they had a voter turnout of 8%. So, I mean, we did a little better, 9.53%. <laughs> can't even break. Can't even break double digits on the borough election, which is, I guess, shocking to me. Uh, many people, uh, Ron Gillum is in the chat room and said, basically, this just, you know, this just shows that, uh, uh, you know, people have convinced themselves that voting doesn't matter kind of thing. And, it, you know, maybe you're right. But at that point, you also have no point. You just you cannot complain about anything that goes on if you didn't get up off your rusty dusty and go do anything. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, let's get on to the good news. Can I make a sidebar comment for just a second? Thank you. Uh, because so I pull the results off the election website, the, off the borough website this morning to see the unofficial election results. And I'm, I don't know who put this spreadsheet together, but I got to stretch the damn thing across two screens to be able to read the whole thing. It's not, you know, it's, and it doesn't have an official time, unofficial time on it. You know, the system in Fairbanks, when it prints out an unofficial results, it tells you it's unofficial results and the date and the time so you can make sure that you're looking at the latest one. This one just, it, sorry, it's minor, minor, minor complaint there, but I got to stretch it across two screens so I can read it. So the good news on all this, of course, is um, that uh, it looks like even though we did not turn up in force, that enough conservatives uh, came out in the Matsu to hold the line, uh, to hold the line on most of these races. Um, in, uh, the, uh, in the two very contentious school board races, uh, that's Kathy McCollum's race and Ole Larson's race, both of whom were running for re-election, and both of whom had hundreds of thousands of just sorry that may have been a little exaggeration tens of thousands of dollars raised um from outside interests and and special interests and outside the state even um in the case of uh uh in the case of uh the school board races uh and at one point we talked to ole we talked to ole what a week uh to 10 days ago we talked to ole larson and at that point, he had been outraised four to one, four to one. And uh, Kathy McCollum said, I think she'd been outraised uh, two to one last week when she said. But the good news is, uh, as of right now, again, unofficial results from last night. And I don't know what time this was because it doesn't have it on the sheet. Uh, but the latest unofficial results listed on the borough website shows that Kathy McCollum is defeating her opponent, Sidney Zayus. Zeus? Zeus? Um, is defeating Sidney almost two to one. 
995 votes to 484, which is just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Ole Larson, uh, the incumbent, again, um, is uh, fighting against Diane Scheib. Now, she made some headlines, not headline headlines, but she made some waves in the community because she was going around and telling people that she was the conservative choice for the school board. And, I mean, the the conservative, this is a woman who was the past president of the Matsu School, the MSEA, the, the NEA, local chapter of the NEA in the Matsu, MSEA. She was, you know, part of the teachers union, part of this thing. She was going around literally telling people to their faces in um, uh, in uh, in the Matsu, telling them she was the conservative choice with Margot Bellamy uh, contributing to her, being one of her top contributors, and Pat Chesbro, the Democratic Senate candidate, running her campaign or being her treasurer or whatever. And so, and, and getting a lot of outside help. Again, outraising Ole Larson four to one. Well, doesn't seem to have really affected it. Ole Larson right now winning, again, unofficial results, winning 1,125 votes to 826. So a pretty significant, um, what is that, 62%. That's 2,000 uh, change in this. It was like 62%. 60, no, 58%. There we go. And, um, yeah, so those are the two those are the two races that I was most concerned about in the state because we're seeing again, we saw what happened in Fairbanks, all this money getting poured into these races, either in direct contributions to the candidates or in independent expenditures and outside monies and and ad campaigns and everything else. Um, and they are winning. They are winning. And that's uh, that's good. Melody just said you could bring outside money, but you're going to lose. Unfortunately, that's not always the case, Melody. Maybe here in the Matsu, maybe we're different here, but we just watched how this played out in Fairbanks, and it was not good. Not good in Fairbanks. So let's not let's not sprain our arm patting ourselves too hard on the back so far, because again, nine point five three percent voter turnout. So the good news is, here we are on that. Now, in the other elections, Rob Yunt uh, obviously was running unopposed, um, and uh, he he made it, nope, no problem. Um, the uh, Dmitry Fonov uh, also uh, handily trouncing, even in a four-way race, uh, he got more votes than the other three candidates put together. Uh, Dimitri is doing some, he's doing some work in there. He's doing some yeoman's work. I know Dimitri and his family, they are fantastic people. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that he is continuing, uh, in that vein. Uh, in my district, district five, uh, it was, uh, Moki two and Bill Gamble. And initially it looked like Moki was going to hold on to the seat, but late in the vote count, things started to shift. Um, when, uh, the reporting from Big Lake came in, it looks like that Moki has maybe not been paying attention to what's been going on in Big Lake so much, uh, because he was running ahead until the Big Lake district 
got their uh, their their uh, ballots started because they're hand counting everything. They're hand counting everything. So as of right now, it looks like Moki Two may have been ousted from by Bill Gamble, seven hundred and fifty-one to five hundred and twenty-nine, and the difference is that uh, is Big Lake. Um, uh, uh, Moki won the Bay Area, Kanikus Bay won. He lost Kanikus Bay three, but only by a handful of votes. He won Kanikus Bay four, but when it came to Bit- Big Lake. Uh, 376 for Bill Gamble and only 164 for Moki. He got apparently people in Big Lake not too happy with Moki at this point. So that was it. Now, the only real piece of bad news inside the actual ballots, other than, of course, the voter turnout, was that the proposition, all these transportation bonds, this 12 million, was it 12? I think it was 12, whatever it was. Millions. Well, it was more than that because it was uh, it was thirty eight million, wasn't it? Because it had twelve. It had nine million for the one school, the safety measures at the single school. Anyway, um, it was a two to one. Uh, twenty fifty nine hundred people said yes. Twenty eight hundred and fifty five said no. And so once again, school bonds are the easiest things to get transportation bonds. It's the easiest way to get those government spends in there. And uh, so there we go. Um, it's uh, that's the one piece of really bad news because uh, that's going to cost us in the long run. I mean, you know what? What does thirty million dollars bonded out over twenty years cost? About forty-three million, forty-four million dollars. <laughs> no big deal. Just don't nobody pay attention to this. Uh, anyway, so good news, bad news in the borough election. Um, again, Moki too, uh, uh, you know, the incumbent who was a conservative and, you know, but, but Bill, somebody in the, somebody in the, uh, chat room just said big Lake liberals took the day. And I don't know that much about, uh, Bill Gamble. I've been happy with Moki. So I voted for Moki. I've been happy with the decisions he's been making. And so, um, I didn't really bother to look at anything else at the time. So, uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens here with Bill Gamble uh, out there in the Matsu. But that is the local election scene. Uh, overall, I think a positive result. Uh, the school board remains the same. Uh, the uh, borough assembly remains mostly the same. The only downside, the only shadow of, on my sunshine is the fact that the uh, bond proposition has passed, which is frustrating. And... It's you know, it, Terry just said it, and now we will pay, now we will be paying for more paths that no one will use while our roads and infrastructure is in the crapper. Yeah, I think we should be built. Let's just fix the stuff we got, shall we? It's just you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, again, I I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment on the whole gamble two thing until you know things fall out a little bit more. I Again, I was happy with what Moki was doing, and so I voted for him. I didn't even really bother to look at the other guy. But apparently, <clears throat> like I said, something was going on out in Big Lake. Either they didn't like him, or maybe somebody's trying to, you know, like maybe the, the commenter was right that it's, the, maybe there's some liberals out in Big Lake who are trying to protect their stuff, which, 
It won't be the first time that thing has happened, will it? All right. We got uh, more coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about what this means. And we're going to talk specifically about another school walkout, which I find I find problematic. That's all coming up next. Uh, Mike Shower going to be joining us at the top of the hour. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, fine. Let me uh, get to the chat room here and uh, let's see what's uh, going on. All right. <clears throat> Ron says, not to brag, but I make a fantastic scratch biscuits and sausage gravy. Mm. Biscuits and gravy. Um, Tim Hale 2.0 replaced twos. I, again, I don't know anything about Gamble. Uh, I was happy with twos, so I didn't even bother to look. Um... Every year, politics are thrown into our face in everything from sports to school boards, said Jeremy. Um, come on. Oh, this damn thing. Why do you keep slowing down? There we go. Every year, politics are thrown in our face in everything from sports to school boards. People are just worn out. I understand. I understand that people are worn out, Jeremy. I, I understand the phenomenon. I mean, I do this every day. I understand the phenomenon. But I'm also reminded of don't give up the ship. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. Um, Gamble is a big government union and defined benefits guy. Good job, Big Lake. <laughs> uh, is the really young chick getting beaded? Yeah, she's she's getting beat like a redheaded stepchild. Um uh okay. Oh, but Melody just quoted me. It's kind of weird when you get quoted back to yourself. Don't grow weary in well doing, said by Michael Dukes. Yes. She said that like 10 minutes ago. I didn't even see that. Um have your absentee and mail in balance been counted? That's what crushed our conservatives here in the interior. Uh let me look at this. Um question absentee ballots issued. Uh, 1,500 uh, question ballots, special needs received, um, election night total. Uh, I don't know. Have they been counted? This is such a weird spreadsheet. Um, there were 1,589 absentee ballots uh, that were there and another 362 that were question ballots. Um, 
so I don't I don't know. This doesn't really tell me whether or not they've all been countered or not. So I don't know at this point, Jim. I wish I had a better answer. Um, let's see. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, okay. Um, Big Lake Waterfront Homes. Blah blah blah. Uh, Harold's telling Ron Gillum to refile for 2024. That'd be an interesting matchup now to see after after what's happened this last year. That'd be an interesting matchup. Uh, Gary says liberals won big nationally. I mean, I I don't even care, Gary. I can't control any of that stuff. I know things are going. I saw the headlines and I went right by them because what can I do? I can't do anything there. I can do something here. That's what I can. That's what I can do here. Um, my school had a. Oh my gosh, this is Denise. This is so precious. I'm going to star this comment because I'm going to m- mention it later. Uh, my school had a walkout once. Once. My mom told me if I participated in adult adult decisions, I was free to go adult on my own. It's true. It's true. Um. Why not just eat the gravy? The the biscuits have zero nutritional value. At least there's meat in the gravy. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Right? I mean, that's just it is, you know. Um no wonder conservatives are getting spanked across the country. Uh yeah. Um I believe uh, Terry says she believes that absentee absentee ballots are counted at the same time. It's all a hand count, so that could possibly be. Um, abortion won big nationally, says Donna. Yeah, that's a sad, sad thing, but that's, that's I think, a sign of where our country is morally, quite honestly. It's just one of those things. Um, yeah. Anyway... Here's your secret tip. Um, Schilling or McCormick? I remember if I look at the package. Schilling or McCormick, gravy mix, half milk, half water, little white pepper, then the biscuits with sausage from Three Bears. That is quite possibly the perfect the perfect although they used to sell at sam's club or they used to sell this southern gravy mix in a big box that is also amazing but the secret is milk and water not just water milk and water in your gravy here we go Okay, my friends, welcome back. Uh, One final segment for hour one here. We're going to be joined uh, in just a few minutes by State Senator Mike Schauer for the Shower Hour of Power. Right now, we're taking a look at 
We've been going over election results in the Matsu for their big Matsu election. Right, again, mostly good news. I mean, the turnout, horrific. Horrific. Sorry, didn't mean to pause right there. But horrible. It was a horrible, horrible turnout. Um, but uh, it is, uh, it, there, there was good news, even though the turnout was low, which surprisingly, normal, a low, normally a low turnout means that special interests are going to, you know, and there was a lot of special interests in this election. There has been a lot of pushing from the uh, from the educational industrial complex. That's the the education industry, right? The special interests, the teachers unions, and everybody else. There was a lot of money thrown into this race, and generally speaking, a low voter turnout means that the special interests can rule the day because they control a you know a larger slice. But just didn't work out that way. Interestingly enough. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not having an impact. That doesn't mean that they're not having an impact on what's going on. Because yesterday, students uh, at middle and high schools, across, how old is a middle school student? That's seventh and eighth grade, right? Seventh, that used to be called junior high school. Now it's middle school. But it's seventh and eighth grade, which means what you graduated when you're 17. Minus four years means that you're 13. So that's what, 10, 11, 12 in middle school? 12? Just on the cusp? Who, who's who got... Man, when I was 12, I was not paying attention to politics. I was probably paying attention more to what my favorite Lego set was when I was 11 and 12. Rather than politics and getting involved in some kind of political walkout. That's kind of spooky. Anyway, students at a middle and high schools across the Matsu walked out of their first period classes Tuesday morning to protest what they say is a lack of student input regarding recent decisions by the Matsu school board. Okay, so let me, I'm sorry, let me just break this down for a second. So, you, so you've got 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds complaining that they have no input in their school boards and in what their schools are teaching because you don't know anything, okay? You have a perspective. You have a perspective. But you have no life experience to base that on. So while I value input as to, you know, what you're thinking about things, that's, it's just... Anyway, it was the second protest in the span of a week organized by students. The date chosen, Tuesday, November the second, the 7th, was intentional as it is Election Day in the borough, and two school board seats are up for grabs. Now, Ben Colendo, who is the student representative on the Matsu School Board, has been interviewed by KTUU. And here's what he had to say in his sage wisdom of all of his 16 and a half years. Here is his sage wisdom. It was meant to help voters see what we want you to be informed going into this election. We don't care who people vote for. We want them to vote for whomever they feel best represents them. But later on, he says, I'd like to see a change in the school board. But it's nonpartisan. But I'd like to see a change in the school board. Um, the board uh, in September voted to drastically diminish the student representative's role to participate in meetings and lend student perspectives on issues. 
despite testimony from students urging them not to. What they what they don't write about, and I don't know how this is missing in all these stories. There was only one outlet that talked about this. I think it was the Watchman. It wasn't just that they were trying to drastically diminish his role in the thing. It was that he was pushing back, saying that his position, he was making the argument that he should be a voting member. That he should be a voting member of the school board as a as a as a as a representative, an appointed representative. I mean, because he was, you know, I don't know. But that was what he was he was making the argument that he should have a vote on these issues as the student representative. And I think they just got tired of him, you know, tooting his horn on that. And they finally said, mm, step off the podium. You're done. Um, you know, because the adults are talking. I mean, I'm sure he's a brilliant kid. I'm sure he's bright and he's, you know, probably got a great future in politics somewhere in the in the in the distant future. But the problem is, is that he's a high school student. I, I just don't see, you know. You don't see the animals in the zoo getting the vote on how they are treated or what's going on. That's a bad analogy. But you know what I mean? They he just they don't know what they don't know. At the time that that amended policy was introduced, school board member Jacob Butcher said the student representative was intended as a privilege for the student body, as opposed to a right as an elected official to serve on the board and to be privy to documents, be allowed to question witnesses and partake in the executive session matters of the school board. That's exactly right. It's more of a it's almost an honorarium position, right? I mean, it's supposed to expose them to some real world stuff, but not get them down into the hot and heavy of executive sessions and contracts and all this other kind of stuff. Since then, students have claimed the board isn't listening to them on issues that directly affect them. How do you feel about that? Tell me about your feelings. Show me on this doll where the school board hurt you. It's kind of, you know. Tuesday's walkout was meant to be nonpartisan. I said that earlier. According to Colendo, students said they weren't supporting any particular candidate in the race for the two school, school board seats, although Colendo said he personally would like to see change come to the board. Yeah, I mean, this isn't being organized by this isn't. No, that's not being organized by anybody, right? It's not being encouraged by anybody, right? The protest lasted 28 minutes exactly. The amount of time meant to signify the number of years the districts has had a student representative on the board. It's always some kind of symbology or <laughs> exact. Somebody's out there with a stopwatch. OK, protest over. Now, of course, the problem was is that many, many schools are officially polling grounds. I mean, they are official polling places. And so and there is a rule, a state statute that says you cannot. Uh, you cannot uh, uh, electioneer within 200 feet of a polling place. And electioneering includes talking about the issues, including the things like school board. So school officials had asked students to take protests off of school grounds, which were being used for polling locations for Tuesday's local elections. That included Colony High, Reddington Junior Senior, Matsu Career Tech at High School, and where Colendo is a senior. Uh, in the email, the district said students complied and schools reported peaceful and respectful student protests. My favorite comment this morning so far came from um, came from uh, Denise, who said, oh, uh, who said, 
in her in her comment on this whole thing. She said, my school had a walkout once. Once. My mom told me if I participated in adult decisions, I was free to go adult on my own. But see, that's a whole different thing now. These people are so proud, so proud that their kid is so out. Oh, he's so engaged and he's so... He doesn't, you can't, he can't go get a tattoo, buy cigarettes or alcohol, buy a gun, do any other kind of adult decision. But all of a sudden you're like, oh, he needs to be able to put his hand on the tiller of where the schools are going. Have you ever seen Lord of the Flies? I mean, I'm just asking, right? I'm just asking. Have you ever seen Lord of the Flies? (laughs) Let's put them in charge. That's a good idea. Let's do that right now. We'll put all the, I, you know, again, if you see. Um, if you see what's going on here in these public schools and, um, and you see how they are being uh, manipulated in so many ways and you go, Oh, I think, I think I'll keep sending my, I think I'll keep sending my kid there. I think that's a good idea. If you, if in your heart of hearts, you see all that stuff going on and you still believe that sending your kid to the public school system with all this stuff, all this clique mentality and the, and the peer pressure and the, the group think that's happening, being subtly influenced by, I'm sure Calendo was, I mean, I'm sure he came up with all of that stuff on his own. Uh, you know, I mean, if you keep sending your kids to those kind of, uh, uh, you know, to, to the youthful minds of full of mush, right? That's what Rush Limbaugh used to say. If you go in there and keep sending your kids there and you think it's just okay and you're going to be shocked, shocked later on, I tell you, when your kids get all wonky and everything turns out weird. But for right now, you're just like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> just turn off your radio now and go somewhere else, will you? Because you, obviously you're not, you're not, analyzing this you're not thinking this out to the logical conclusion of where this is going this kind of stuff right here now how many students i don't know there was was there a video i can't even remember if there was a video to kind of give me an idea uh it just says students walked out it doesn't tell me how many there but uh you know oh wait here's a here's a video they're walking in the snow not one of them's wearing a jacket by the way because you know why wouldn't you stand outside for 28 minutes at uh, 25 above and not wear a jacket okay so there's two four six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen eighteen twenty twenty two twenty four twenty six twenty eight thirty thirty two thirty mate there's under 40 students 40 students in this one video that you just did They're getting all the press, though. Those are the leaders of tomorrow, my friends. Those that went out there and protested. They're going to put that on their resume. I protested. It's 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 become virtue signaling again. And and again, these kids don't have the I'm not putting down the kids themselves. It's just they don't have enough life experience and they are being manipulated by those people that do, in my uh, humble opinion. And that's just my, it's one man's humble opinion. But I believe that's what's going on. Two protests in as many week, uh, in as many weeks from the uh, from these students, all telling them how bad things are going. Although the Matsu has about the highest, you know, has the highest academic achievement. Uh, Matsu's like checking all the boxes as being one of the best school districts in the state. It does have its problems. 
but achievements and doing a good job ain't one of them at this point. Anyway, that's it for right now. We got Michael Shower coming up, hour two dead ahead, the Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, and look at that. We're back up. Okay, um, uh, we're back in and uh, rest and relax it. Kids are naive. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, this generation of soybean and anxiety-ridden children being fed ideology and politics for birth will single-handedly burn this country to the ground. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Here it comes, says Harold. Homeschool is the answer. Well, it's one of the answers. It's not the only answer by any strange stretch of the imagination. But it is it is one of the big answers, in my opinion. Um wonder how many of these I wonder how many of those are the spawns of big education employees, says Brian. That's a good question. And you know, that would be terribly, terribly sad. That would be terribly, terribly sad that some parent would utilize their child as a pawn in a larger political scheme like that. That would, that, that's, that's, that would be horrible. Now, David says, if true and can be verified that specific teachers are pushing a political agenda and using, and using students as useful idiots, that it's an ethics violation. Should be reported if substantiated. That's, yeah, I mean, that, you're not wrong there. Um, best, <laughs> Politidick has to correct me here because, I mean, while I was technically right, he's also technically right. Best school, st- in the, best school districts in the state yet still receives failing grades across all metrics just because they score slightly better is not something to celebrate. I wasn't saying that it was fantastic. I'm saying of all the places for kids to prop up and say, you're doing a horrible job. They're doing the best of a bad bunch worth of job, right? It's one of those things. Um, it's just, it's insane. All right. Uh, we are uh, going to have Mike Shower. He's going to be joining us here in a second. I'm assuming it's via um, video. Let me go over here. Vidya, Vidya. Um, link in uh, email. Okay. All right. So he'll do that, or maybe he's going to do, I don't know, maybe he's going to call me, which is, that would be unfortunate because I haven't, I don't have everything set up for that. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to get back into that here in just a second. Uh, coming, coming, coming up uh, in uh, on tomorrow's program again. For those of you just joining us, um, author Mark Tufo. 
I'm so excited about that. Um, Mark Tufo, that's going to be an exciting, that's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun for me. I hope it's fun for you too. I hope I can make it fun for everybody. But it's really just for me because I'm fascinated by that. Angie says, like when they bring 40 kids to the Capitol during session, talking about using their kids as political props. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just can't think of anything that is just, you know. Um, Anthony says, I mean, if my 10-year-old came home and told me they were walking out of school because of the political ramifications of the choices of the school board, I'd be having a menacing conversation with whichever pink-haired hippy-dippy was programming my kids. That's exactly it. I mean, I guess my question is where are they where where are they picking where are they picking this up at? Where are they getting this, you know, this info? Um, um oh no Wi Fi. Uh wind knocked my dish down, having to use cell phone via towers. Okay. Um oh, and the live stream is not running. Well the live stream's running now. Okay, uh so let me um let me let me get things squared away. Uh, Shower has no Wi-Fi at his house right now, so he just uh, he just uh, texted me that he has no Wi-Fi. So we're gonna do it via telephone, and we're gonna do it uh, right now. We're gonna get him on. Harold owes everybody ten bucks. Whoever took his bet is gonna lose ten bucks. He's gonna lose ten bucks for everybody. Hello, good morning. I'm not losing ten bucks. What you talking about, Willis? Oh, uh, Harold made a bet with everybody ten dollars to everybody that wanted to take it that you weren't going to show up today. So it was just. Oh well, he loses. He loses. You win. I know. I. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm a winner, baby. That's why I win because I'm a winner. Um, <laughs> Some of us have jobs besides just being a legislator. Yeah, we end up working. Yeah, something happens, comes up last minute. Um, it it has been known. It has been known to happen, right? I mean, it is it is what it is. Uh, okay. Now and then. Now and then it happens occasionally. Uh, I'm looking for the – here we go right here. Uh, I wasn't ready for this show. I'm, I'm rapidly typing your name and putting all the graphic things up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think no, the wind did something to my little Starlink dish. I don't know. Uh, district, it's O. It's Q. It's O. It's, it's O. O. It's O. O. District O. Okay, uh, I think uh, I think we we got that. Let me uh, get this all scored away. So how you how you how you been? How 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 you been there, buddy? How are things going? Actually, actually, pretty good. Michelle and I went to a the uh, Wall Builders Pro Family Legislator Conference, which now I'm regretting I didn't go over the last six years. Always was busy, had you know work, you know didn't prioritize it. But I got to tell you, man, that was. That was uplifting and powerful. The speakers and the the material they went over, the data um, was pretty amazing. Uh, and a lot of great things, Mike. There was 35 states were represented with different legislators. All right, hold, tons hold, of them. hold on, hold on. Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The 
the, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Hello, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Michael Duke Show. Uh, hump day, it is hour two, which means we're joined by State Senator Mike Shower, who I'm going to bring on here in just a second. Big announcement from me, though, for tomorrow. Uh, joining me on the program will be one of my favorite authors, uh, Mark Tufo will be joining me in hour two. Now, this may not be your cup of tea. I mean, he's a writer who's written a variety of books, sci-fi, fantasy, um, all different kinds of stuff. But just his his voice, his tone, the way he writes, uh, it is escapism at its best. Uh, it's not uh, Wuthering Heights or anything like that. It's not going to you know win any kind of. Uh, 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 you know, Nobel Prize or I guess book prize, whatever the Pulitzer. But it's uh, it's amazing stuff, and I really enjoy it. And I've been looking forward to this talking to him. Uh, so Mark Tufo will be joining us tomorrow in hour two uh, on the program, and working on Dr. John Lott to be with us on Friday to talk about the latest Supreme Court case and more. Hoping to uh, hoping to uh, have that happen on Friday as well. But it's Wednesday. Mike Showers were here with us, and so let's uh, let's just let's just get it on. Let's get going, shall we? For the shower hour of power, State Senator Mike Shower joins us this morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Sorry to so rudely interrupt you, but you were we were hitting the top of the hour. Good morning. That's kind of funny. I understand you're ten dollars richer. I am ten dollars richer. There was a bet going around that you wouldn't show up. <laughs> Uh, I don't see him paying out, but that's just that's how it is. Um, uh, it's all it's all talk. It's no walk. Um, let's um, let's get started. First and foremost, you were just telling us before we so rudely interrupted you with returning to the radio that uh, you you went outside and uh, and attended some conferences and got some good information. So tell us what you've been up to because we haven't talked to you in a while. So tell us what's going on. Yeah. Unfortunately, I missed the last two try, but uh, my other job uh, required me to be there. Uh, so missed them at the last minute. But anyways, so yeah, Michelle and I, this there's a group called Wall Builders. We've been listening to their podcast and, and reading some of their stuff for many years. Um, and, uh, you know, get invited every year to go to this pro-family legislator conference down in Texas. And Michelle's really wanted to go, and, and I have as well. And so this year I just kind of made a priority. I'm like, you know, we really need to go check this out. I don't do a lot of the conferences, Mike, a lot of legislators, elected officials, they go to every single conference they go here and there and, you know, whatever, which is fine. You know, sometimes it's really good, but sometimes I think a lot of it's almost like the old, uh, old, old Senator, uh, former Senator told me once, he's like, yeah, back in the day, the Senate in Alaska, he's like, there was so much money. And he's like, you know, the Senate worked and the, or nobody said the house worked and the Senate traveled you know, these junkets and wanting to go do things and take advantage of it, you know, so um, I don't do many of them and spend money uh, because often I feel like, well, you know, I don't know, it just doesn't seem right to do too many of them, but there are some good ones. And I think once in a while, you know, if there's 
value added than than they're probably worth it. This one, I got to tell you, um, was amazing. And it is the first thing I've ever done. First conference, traveled anywhere, done anything in the legislative side. Um, and it was amazing. The speakers were national level. There were legislators from 35 different states, met a ton of them, um, had uh, just a ream of information on bills and legislation that is passing, that is in the works right now that is being considered. Uh, I mean, they just give out tons of information on, on things that are happening around the country. Um, a lot of historical data. Um, I even got invited to speak for like two or three minutes. I wasn't anywhere on the agenda, but we had so many questions, Mike, about rank choice voting because, you know, they kind of say, Hey, there's people from Alaska and somehow the word gets around. And as we're talking to them, and then we had about a dozen different legislators, come up and sit with us at, at the table, you know, as you kind of wander around during breakfast and lunch and ask us about it. So I got up and gave kind of a, a very brief, you know, here's what's going on. Here's the the basics. And uh, a couple of people asked questions, put them up. But it was, it was, like I said, it was very powerful. It was really powerful to connect with a lot of very good um, legislators from other states. Um, it was really powerful to hear some of the states and the amazing things they are doing. A lot of the legislators, legislatures are much more conservative or red from a lot of the states. You start talking like, you know, uh, Idaho and Texas and Oklahoma and, and uh, even Iowa, some things happening and, and the Dakotas. I mean, it was some really cool stuff. And so I got to tell you, man, I kind of came away from that pretty energized, you know, because you kind of get beat down in Alaska. You're like, hey, you guys are conservative, aren't you? Like, <laughs> not really. Um, uh, purple at best. And and I explained a lot about how and this was really interesting, but I could tell, well, you know, I didn't talk too much about the binding rule because then just get a long conversation and people just scratch their like, what's that? That's stupid. I'm like, I know, but it's Alaska. Um, but the, how many Republicans, when I told people, you know, I'd say, well, I'm in a majority or a minority of three. They're like, oh, well, you know, you guys have that many Democrats. I said, no, no, there's a majority of Republicans in the Senate. What? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a majority of Republicans, but um, I'm wondering, well, what, what's the deal? And I explained to them and they're like, that's free. Again, you hear all the, what? No, really? What's their problem? What are they doing? I'm like, well, that just happens in Alaska. I said, people get elected with an R in front of their name and they join with Democrats all the time and give Democrats power. I said, it's just a thing in Alaska. And people were just flabbergasted that that could be a thing. They're like that. You, they're like, well, <laughs> always the standard question. Like, well, why are they Republican then? I, I don't know. It's a great question. But, well, what does your Republican party do about it? Go nothing. I mean, it was just so embarrassing. Same conversation, like so over and over again. People just scratching their heads. It was uh, like I said. I wasn't. Those were conversations that were interesting because they always come up, right? You talk to everybody. Well, what you know? What about this? What are you guys doing? You hear all that. So a lot of people were just walking away, scratching their head, looking last guy. You guys are nuts. I'm like, I know. Uh, but the the speakers, like I said, the the information, the the kind of the uplifting spirit, if you will, to see the things that are happening was worth it. And I think I needed that. I think Michelle and I both did because yeah. it was very to know like that you're not alone, right? To know That's that you're right. not alone. That's, That's right. the thing. And what is wall builders? I've heard the phrase and I've heard about what is the what is the premise of it exactly? Give me the give me the the breakdown. They are um, they are a, a couple guys. One of them's a former Texas legislator. Another guy does a lot of historical work. One's a a PhD level guy. They started a podcast many many years ago, and this this. Uh, organization if you will and they're mostly about historical uh um 
what's the right word? I'm like, I guess it's history. The history of the United States, when they talk about things that are happening, they're, they have a biblical worldview, but it's all about history and the foundation of the country. And when they say wall builders, and be, oh my gosh, they're about building the wall on the southern border. I'm like, no, nothing to do with that. It's the foundation. They call it the wall builders, like the foundation, the foundation of the nation right, and right. what values is, we were founded I, upon. And, you know, I think this was so. something that wasn't uh, Glenn Beck. Wasn't he highlighting them early on? Wasn't these some of the Burton? Wasn't isn't that one of the guys that's involved in that? Uh, yeah, he yeah. he actually he yeah. actually came and spoke for about an hour. He was yeah. in the conference and uh, asked answered some questions. He's got this museum there um called the aje american journey experience through the history we, we took a tour of that for a couple hours i mean mike they've got original documents from you know parts of the declaration of independence the bill of rights they've got stuff that goes i mean just all these different things like muskets from uh, uh from the revolutionary war and pistols they've got george literally george washington's a set of his reading glasses and the first compass he used and maps and um, it's just that, that you're walking through this thing and all this history, these are real documents that they let you hold them. Of course, they're in plastic to cover them, but you're looking at the writings. They have complete sets of writings, like original from George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. And, and so you're going through the history and the one guy that was giving us the tour, um, he was a black American and he was talking a lot about the 1619 project. He goes, they're so wrong. Everything oh, they yeah. say is wrong. And, you know, and as he's going through it, and let me tell you why, he's like, I used to be an angry guy, you know, and he's like, then I, I said, he said, these four documents, and he's looking at them, and they're on the wall, and you can go up and, and look at them and read them. He's like, this was the original, the original grievances that were written, the, the 24 or 27, I can't remember, grievances written to the king. And he's like, the last one, you know, there's three and a half pages of grievances that these were going to be sent, and they had to agree unanimously, unanimously upon them. And he's like, the last one, um, was a half a page, and it was talking about slavery, how it was wrong, and it needed to be um, eliminated, and the king kept making them do it, and the king was morally, you know, wrong to do this, and and the only reason it didn't make it in to the final version is that because they wanted unanimous consent on all of the grievances to be sent to the king that would eventually be, you know, incorporated, and two of the 13 colonies, only two, voted against it. Um, and it's because they didn't have any issues with the king. And here's the point, like you, you go, oh, that, that's not right. And he's like, this is his actual writing. You're looking at the document and you're looking at it with your own eyes. And then they go over the documents of the voting, who voted what, when they, you know, it's all there to see. And so you're looking at all this garbage floating around our country and all this misinformation, fake news, you know, and um, you're staring at people that have done nothing but study these documents in the history and they give you the real story. And like I said, it, it kind of resets your baseline. Like you go, you know what? We are a good country. We are good people. We got our black marks, right? We've, we've, we've got, you know, um, stains on our history. Every country does, but he gave a for example, he's like, you know, America's racist. You know, they talk about that. And he's like, so how many other leaders in the world had, you know, slaves, probably none, right? He's like, wrong. Everybody. Every leader in the world at that time, you know, had slaves like, you know, how many other countries? Probably nobody but the bad U.S., right? He's like, wrong. The U.S. Um, in every other country um, had slaves at that time, you know, and he's like, anyways, it was just, I mean, we, we could talk the whole program about it because it, 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 information wise, but the tale of two cities, how Plymouth in the north and Jamestown south were very different. That's how you kind of had a north and a south, the foundation, like most of the colonies, you know, had outlawed slavery. It was the king that kept the trade from England. You know, it's just stuff that he, I mean, and I'm kind of a history buff and a quasi history major, like I told you. And I'm, right. there was a lot of stuff that I was like, I, I didn't I know. I had that. no idea. You know, yeah. 
you just, you don't see things and they're just experts on it and you ask questions and i mean it goes beyond just the revolution where they go to world war one and they got you know stuff from that they got world war two and um just i think they had a 1.5 million documents or something i mean just it's amazing. And it's Absolutely called, amazing. It's called, a lot it's, of original stuff. It's called what? The American Experience Museum? Is that what it the is? American, American Journey Experience, I think is what they call it. AJE is what sticks in my mind. American Journey Experience. That yeah, is... down there in Dallas, Texas, man. They were. It was some interesting stuff, boy. But it, sometimes you get goosebumps almost. You I know, mean... you're holding some of these things and going, this is from the founding fathers. I'm holding it. You're holding you know, something like, that Thomas Jefferson wrote with his own hands or something. And it's like, wow. Yeah. It's just, you're that's yeah. That's, you're kind of wow. You know? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a super, super interesting. Uh, I would love to do that. I mean, cause I too am kind of a history buff and I love to see, especially around the founders and the framers and reading what they actually wrote and seeing how wrong the mainstream public and the mainstream media and educational, I mean, everything, how, you know, they're, they're missing out on all these things and misinterpreting all this stuff that was, that was uh, done back in the day because they refused to go back to the original documents and actually look at it. And, uh, and it's, 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 fr it's frustrating, uh, but it would also be gratifying. And I could see how that would be a recharging experience to go down there and see that and see people who are as excited as you are about some of those, you know, getting back to our roots, so to speak. No, yeah, it was. And, you know, being able to talk about ranked choice voting was great um, in in the sense of there were so many questions and other states are facing it. You know, a lot of money being put in. And I, I told them about how much money came from outside of our state. Um, I explained about, you know, how it disenfranchises certain groups. You know, the voter turnout is predicted to be lower and ours is the lowest in our history. I mean, just all you know so you, you gave them a lot of information too you know i was able to show them reports and where we're looking for data and how things are going so that was cool i mean just yeah but it is i mean mike they are they are doing you don't you get this feeling right nationally and you know we got issues right and everybody feels like we're on the cusp of something because of the debt and what's happening around the world and things like the 1619 project just poisoning our kids minds with false history and you know all this stuff and you kind of get that like i said you get kind of down in the dumps and then you go here and listen to some of these legislators around states and we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this and you're like wow you, you know you're like there's actually a lot of really good stuff um taking place that is um trying to block the bad stuff that are doing good things you know around the nation and some of these states their economies i mean might goodness gracious i've not been to texas i mean i occasionally go through there you know flying and stuff right right i have not been been to texas in a long time where i like drove around and saw stuff that place booming uh, boom amazing yeah. oh my gosh everywhere there is construction and people and by the way not angry people not tents everywhere with homeless like los angeles or seattle or oregon or any of other blue cities i mean like it is just economic activity you know when i'm in the lift or you know going back and forth they're talking guys like oh yeah i've been here my whole life you know say so he's like this place booming over there and that used to be cow fields growing up and it's nothing but business after business and you're like oh <laughs> this i'll tell you something right he's like right now they are i think he said that the current stats are 30 so get this thirty thousand people a month moving in there right now a month that's uh <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I mean, Texas, I know, is uh, 
just booming, just absolutely booming, and has been for years, the mass exit. My only fear is is that, of course, many of the people that are moving to Texas uh, are for coming from places I like know. California. I am worried about the Californication of, uh, of Texas, but, yeah, they are booming, booming. Uh, it's well, it's Mike. Crazy. Everywhere they go, they spread. They spread like a virus. They destroy yeah. the places they are because they bring terrible policies. And you know, so yeah, I, I kind of laugh and I tell people, we all kind of wink, winks, like, well, eventually they're going to destroy California, those places, and then it's all going to just collapse. And then the market's going to be depressed, and they're all going to die or something. I don't know. It's like then we can all move back and buy the property really cheap and start over. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, uh, gotta have some fun, right? But yeah, it's uh, it's. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's continue with this here in just a moment. We're going to come back uh, in just a moment with Mike Shower. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. We'll return with more here in just a moment with the Shower Hour of Power. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Chris Story is, or uh, Mike Shower is our guest. Sorry, I was looking at Chris Story's name on my screen. Uh, Mike Shower is our guest. It is the Shower Hour of Power. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, do a little bit of housekeeping here for a second. Um, Harold, um, I don't care if you beat on me. I don't care if you beat on Mike or any of the guests. We're public figures. We're do it. But you start calling names in the chat room, and I will block you. I've put up with a lot of stuff. I've got no problem with the free speech. But when you start calling people names and no, you can't get around it saying, oh, it was a question. It was blah, blah, blah. Tell Robert to ease up on the vitriol. Blah, blah. Look, you get to say stuff all the time. Vitriolic, nasty stuff about me, about the guests, about stuff in general, whatever. Uh, but when you start calling other people names, that's when I put the foot down. So this is your warning. If you do it again, I'll block you. That's it. I've I haven't blocked you and I mean I haven't done that in years and you've been the resident troll. Okay? But no, it's not just a question. And to try and compare it to what Donald Trump was saying about Chris Christie, I don't like Trump. I've said that for many times. I don't know why you keep acting like somehow I'm a big Trumpian or something and I just would do anything and excuse anything. No. If Trump was on the program and calling people names, I would I would say no. All right. So put up or shut up, put up your big boy pants and act like an adult or looking for excuses to block the opposition is always held in high rig. Dude, I. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, just keep it up, buddy. Just keep it up. But, you know, if you want to just you get to you get the you you get tell Robert to retract his shut up, Harold, just shut your pie hole. I mean, should I go back and 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 read what you've been saying about Mike and all this other stuff, his rhetoric or his suggestion or whatever else? Shut up. Seriously, if you keep it up, you will end up on the outs today. I'm just saying. Robert's suggestion was pretty extreme. 
<clears throat> your suggestions get extreme all the time. I, I don't understand why you think this is uh, okay. Why it's okay for you to do something, but when somebody else asks you a question that you may find offensive, all of a sudden, you're all butthurt about it. Sorry. That's how it works. All right. Housekeeping done. Um, the f- final warning. Fair warning. Fair warning on all this. All right. I'm just telling you right now. Fair warning. Um, it's a click away, Harold, is what I'm saying. So straighten up and fly right. I don't care if you beat up on me or Mike or whoever. Do not call names to other people in the chat room. I've chastised everybody in here for this once, not everybody, but several people, and they learned and said didn't do it. I don't care how mad you are, go walk away from the keyboard. <clears throat> I'm not, it would not be for shower, Harold. It would not be for what you said to shower. It's for what you said to Robert. Jesus, you can't be this stupid. You're either being in, you're either being in, you know, in intentionally dense, or you're just trying to rile me up, which is working. I didn't call him a name; it was a question. When you tell somebody, "Are you stupid, or were you just born stupid?" That's, yeah. Again, fair warning. That's it. So. Mike, I really am jealous that you got a chance to go to that. That sounds like a lot of fun, the whole wall builder thing. I'm going to have to look into that uh, maybe for my next vacation outside, which, I mean, I don't know, probably five years from now. But it would be uh, – that would be an amazing – that would be an amazing opportunity. It really, really was, as opposed to dealing with some of the stuff you are. I'm sitting here – I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing that I'm like, you're having to deal with this, right? And and the comments and the vitriol and all the, you know, the, the people that are so angry and say so many things on a keyboard, they would never say to your face yeah, if we exactly. were all in person. Yeah, I mean, if somebody said and that I, to your face, it'd be like, you got a good dentist, buddy? Because you're about to meet him. That you know, Well, people are Mike, in person, they they don't have the vitriol and the hatred that they display when they're behind the keyboard at home. Yeah, exactly. It's just that's a problem with our society. Right. They're much nicer in person. Let's get back to it here. We're five seconds out. I didn't mean to take up so much of the time with that, but uh, it was necessary. Maybe for me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was necessary. All right, here we go. Jumping back in. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Like, share, follow. Let's do this thing. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Enemy. Public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. Pain in the what? (laughs) Trolls everywhere tremble in their boots as I step onto the stick. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke show. It's Wednesday. Mike Shower joins us for the shower hour of power. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, Mike, uh, we just went through the wall builder stuff. That's exciting. I love talking about the history and, and learning some of that stuff. Um, I'm I'm going to have to really look into this because it sounds like that would have been a, an amazing trip. You know, that'd be an amazing trip to take with homeschooling for homeschooling parents if they were going to go outside and they happen to be in Texas. That sounds like that would be an amazing stop off for history lessons for their kids as they go through. Again, it's all free. It wasn't, uh, you know, they're not making money off this. They're doing this out of the passion, you know, for their nation, you know, and for the, um, 
for their kids and their grandkids. I mean, that's that's why they do this. And it's amazing to watch uh, the Bartons. You know, because there's David Barton. He is a Ph.D. historian. There's his son with them at 40 years old doing the same thing, coming up, falling in his boots. You know, that same thing, passion for their country. Um, you know, I mean, there was some there was serious discussion, you know, I mean, about the state of our country and what's happening. But, you know, the, the, for for me as a legislator and many of the folks that were there, because that was the majority of them. I mean, there's other people there too, other people there too, not just legislators. And that's the primary purpose of it was the was the legislation. I've got about a dozen bills I'm considering. I already have one being drafted um, because you walk away from, you know, people talk about, you know, you can do this thing or that thing, or here's things that are, you can accomplish. And, and some of the other states were already doing some of this or have done it. And that's where I'm like, Ooh, I write that. I'm looking at Michelle. We can write that one down. Like, Oh, give me, can I get a copy of that? I get a copy of that, you know, from a, you know, the legislator. I mean, that, right. that was at the day, part of the, maybe the best part of the conference was walking away with these ideas of things that can accomplish certain things if we can get the bills passed and it's always going to be a problem with our senate right and our people but um we don't exactly have a red legislature but they were just walking away with you know a dozen different you know stacks of paper and, and a lot of them might were the bills like it's not like you know you go, okay well i'll research that figure it out it's like here's the bill we passed or here's the bill we have in our body right, right now and here's so the ver- and here's with. here's a draft of the verbiage and here's what it entails and here's what yeah. it does and here's the unintended consequences or what we discovered after we passed it or here's yeah. what's I mean that's yeah that is uh that is awesome that that is an awesome Worth opportunity yeah gold. it yeah. was really cool and there's some awesome stuff and there was uh, you know so you know it's not like I've got to work all this sitting in my three person minority but you know I'm going to hand some of this to people in the house I'm you know I'm going to look for some of these things were bipartisan you know that were not um, necessarily like a Republican conservative or, you know, Democrat liberal thing. It was like, some of them were like, yeah, we, we're passing this bill or this one just passed. It was like, and we got Democrat support, you know, because it was an important thing. So um, it, it just, again, I go back to, you can tell that kind of maybe the excitement in my voice, it was really cool to to see some things and hear that, you know, all hope is not lost, you know I mean? Um, and many states are blocking <laughs> a lot of stuff that's happening, like the central uh, central bank digital currency. A lot of them are passing stuff right now. And I, I admonish them of that too, not in a bad way, but when I have my little time at Ranked Choice, I'm like, look at you, those of you that have control of your state right now, you know, 10 years ago, we had a, a majority of, of Republicans that generally stuck together and we used to have a super majority in both bodies. I said, if we were really thinking ahead, we would have done some things to prevent some of this stuff from happening, right, um, to our state. And we never did. And I said, well, you have the power, use it because the other side will without question, because the ends justifies the means to them. Use the power you have now um, to affect positive change that's going to prevent your state from doing some of these things. Learn from what's happening to us. And of course, other states had, you know, things like that too. Like we should have done this, should have done that. You know, anyways, it's it just, like I said, like, we could talk a whole program about it, but it was fascinating, enlightening, um, uplifting, um, and very um, utilitarian at the end of the day because of the information brought back and what I have. So it's going to be anyway, I, I will go again because I found that to be a, a really um, plugged in way to meet other legislators. I mean, I've got a ton of contacts now. Yeah. And the real irony, I love this. And this is funny how small the world is. So I'm sitting at the table breakfast one morning and um, the, another lady and her husband sits down, Michelle and I, there, there's, I don't know, six, seven of us there, sits down, start talking. They go, oh, Alaska. And, um, so, you know, a, a small, you know, uh, blonde gal was the, she was the house rep. Her husband was there with her. He, you know, making a joke. He's the arm candy. And all of a sudden she just, she goes, Senator Shower. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, um, uh, 
I got to remember her last name. She's like, I called you out of the blue about ranked choice voting a couple months ago and had you testify before my committee. I'm like, that was you? She's like, yeah. She runs over and gives me a hug. She's like, it was amazing. And then a couple of their other representatives that were there were like, we listened to that. They're like, we, we were, it turned everything around because we weren't sure about it. Then you're giving us all. And it was like, it were, and Michelle and I were looking at each other, just smiled. Uh, that was awesome. You know, out of the blue. Yeah, making cool it making a difference across the country. That's uh, that's got to be some great stuff, man. That is uh, so. I good. just it's so small to run into somebody that just uh, there they are in person. You get to meet them and talk to them. It was yeah. just really cool. So, anyways, well, um, I can I yeah, can, was... I can hear the excitement in your voice. I mean, sometimes we need a recharge like that to know we're not the only ones that are battling. You know that are battling the that are fighting the fight. You know what I mean. Sometimes you need to know that there's somebody to your left and to your right fighting the fight at the same time. Sometimes it feels a little lonely. I'm sure out there. I mean i've I've experienced I've experienced that standing in a studio. You know, a little ten by ten oh, studio, yeah. thinking I'm just shouting into the void. You know, it's very it's it's reassuring when people come and say we're with you, we're doing this, we're doing that. It is it's great stuff. Um, yeah, and they're winning too, Mike. It's not yeah. like you know this is all like I said. These are not every state, obviously. Like California is about to like turn into a black hole and just poof, you know collapse like that. Uh, you know, like a submarine under pressure. But um, many of our states are doing really well, and you know, there's there's problems with Marxism and socialism and all the garbage going on. And we talked a lot about the university system. And um, oh, that's another one that's really cool. So I said, told you so much stuff. They have this thing called Patriot Academy. And they bring kids down um, and they get, you know, they do like week long session, almost like boy state, girl state, you know, where they bring them to the Capitol. Those, but those are secular programs. And I say this in the sense of these people are very focused on the historical United States and the history behind it and teach them what the real history is. And they go through a week of being like a legislator and they go through all the stuff and they just started one that's a year long. And this to me is fascinating, but it's what the left has done to this country how they've taken over the press and and the entertainment industry and trying to get their people into government and bureaucrats and into the education industry. Well, they're doing the same thing, Mike, and they're going to expand this program and they're going to have these kids for a year and train them up in their teenage years and get them into the media and into the entertainment industry and get them into being bureaucrats and get them into the education industry, uh, make them writers and just so much stuff. And they're going, it's, how you start taking it back because you train the young generation, right? That's what we lament often that we're losing the kids. And when you lose the kids, you'll lose your country because the education, right. the educators, the Marxists, the rest, they will teach the kids America is bad, the 1619 project and destroy everything. Yeah. Rewrite, literally well, was, rewrite history, right? Wasn't so, that Khrushchev's comment about give us, uh, you know, give us uh, your Lenin. children and we'll have it in three generations or Lenin, I guess. Yeah. in three generations yeah. or something. I mean, that's kind of where we're at in a lot of this. Um, I wish I could remember the uh, um, the quote. I don't think I took a picture of this one, but it was fascinating because it was like um, it was George Orwell. And he wrote a, uh, a thing about the history and the he's like those that uh, did I read it now. But it was he's like those that control um, the present control the past. Those that control the past control the future. Something like that. I forget the exact quote, but you're like. I know I read that somewhere, you know, reading his books in college back in the day, but you're like, it is so true as they talked about it, right? Because the point they make is that he was so prescient on that comment because that's what they're doing, right? They're rewriting history. And if they control the history, they control the future. And that's like, exactly wow, right. I mean, the 1619 Project, we really haven't touched on that in the program here. I mean, I've, I've breezed over it a couple of times, but if you do some reading on it, it is 
I mean, it's complete fiction. That's the problem. It's complete fiction. And it's like they are trying to rewrite history. And some school districts are taking this up as as if it's legitimate curriculum. And it's been debunked by historians and everything else. But they've got the they've got the the momentum and the narrative and they're they're pushing it hard. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that that was what was really interesting about this, is he said that, you know, that, that was the young man that was take. I say young man. He's probably in his late 20s. He worked in the Texas legislator legislature for a little bit after college, starting off as a very you know, kind of left of center guy. And he's like, when he went through and started questioning and then saw these things in the original writings and whatnot, he's like, it, it, he's like, it literally changed them. He's like that one document that he read with his own eyes and the own handwriting of, of the framer that wrote it, you know, was like, he's like, it changed everything. He's like, everything they told me was a lie. Yeah. He's like, he had like a eureka moment. He's like, it's, it's, it's eye opening. It's just like the brazenness of it because they know that 99.9% of the people will never go act back and look at the actual documents. They'll just take on faith, whatever you're saying, because their parents mm-hmm. have said, these are the teachers. These are the people in authority. Of course, they're telling you the truth and they never bother to go back. That's why I always had such a hard time in school because I had read the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist papers. I understood what the thinkers, what the framers of the time were thinking and i was like okay that does that that's wrong that doesn't make any sense and to see that and and to see them actually pushing back on that is amazing um mike before we Thanks. jump back to the break here um donna makes a valid point oh here's the orwell quote who controls the past controls the future who controls the present controls the past and there that, you go. That's thank right. you i had to find it i yeah. couldn't it was yeah. close yeah so. Vic, you know remember the history is always written by the victors right so if they keep that's winning right. it and they keep rewriting the history it's a whole different thing uh but donna made me uh, uh reminded me she goes alaska can learn a lot from other states several are passing universal school choice tax cuts empowering parents yep uh i yep. want to know you know if you came up with anything on like the backpack funding and the school choice thing, because I think there are more states doing that, especially after COVID. People saw the corruption and things that are going on from the education industry. And I want to know if anything came out of that. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Mike Shower is our guest. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Mike Shower continues with us. One final segment dead ahead. Don't go anywhere. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, in the break right now, uh, let me see if there's any questions for um, for Mike or comments. Oh, Politidic says, those with the self-imposed victimhoods are the ones who are rewriting history. I, I, that's not something that I would disagree with. Um, a lot of them are rewriting history to show, to justify their own personal beliefs and views now. Not as history as it actually was, but something that reinforces what their personal beliefs and, and, and philosophies are right now, which is scary. That's the scary part, because, again, if we don't learn the lessons of history, we'll repeat them. If you sugarcoat it and you whitewash it and you take out all the bad, even with the good, or you modify the good to match what you're doing, that's a dangerous, dangerous precedent. 
Well, Mike, the whole point of teaching history and learning from your history was that word, learning, right? If you whitewash the history, if you change the history, rewrite the history from the facts, when we have the documents and the writings of the original people so you know exactly what they meant or what they did, and you stop teaching it, or you tear down the statutes, um, then what you're doing is you're not teaching the young kids the good and the bad. And guess what? We will make the same mistakes because that's the lesson, right? Those that don't learn their history are doomed to repeat it. You remember your history. It, it Nowhere in there, matter of fact, many times, several times, each of the speakers would talk about this. Like, we're not whitewashing the history here. We're not saying that everything America's done is good. I mean, slavery was bad when it came around. There's a whole history about how it actually happened because there wasn't history or there wasn't slavery <clears throat> at all in the United States initially, the colonies. Um, as a matter of fact, most of them had made it outlaw. There was a, the Plymouth, the Plymouth, uh, uh, the town of Plymouth. It was the death penalty to have a slave. You had the death penalty, Mike, in most of the colonies. Do they teach that today? Of course not. But when the first slave ship arrived from Africa, right, that was run by the Muslims, because they're the ones that originally ran slavery across the Atlantic. Um, it wasn't white colonists, like everybody yeah. tells you. No, it was the Barbary pirates um, and everything else. They were the ones that were capturing yeah, slaves right. in Africa right. and then using Shores them as Tripoli. an export. Yeah. Shores of Tripoli, the Marinehem, Leathernecks. But when that slave ship showed up, they have the right. Again, Mike, they don't tell you anything. They they show you the documentation for everything. So they got a question here. Look, read it yourself. That's how they go through the whole thing. Like right here, they said right here, it was in the town register. When that ship showed up, they got, hey, we got these slaves. You guys want to buy them? They're like, that's illegal here. They're like, what? They arrested them, the captain and the crew. And then they said, we're going to put you to death. They're like, whoa, 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 we didn't know. They're like, you know what? You're, it's fair. Okay, you didn't know. They said, get on your ship and leave. And if you ever come back, we're going to arrest you and we're going to put you to death. They're like, bye. <laughs> and out they went. And then the slaves that were on the ship, the colonists themselves in that town, like they took up a collection, they bought a ship, bought a ship, a captain. They hired a captain and they, they let, they, um, sailed them back to Africa and turned them free. That's not something you ever hear yeah. today. You know, America was bad, inherently racist. It was founded on the backs of slaves. Baloney. Not the truth. But at the same time, like they don't sit up there and go, you know, slavery is good. They're like slavery is bad. It's right. evil. Right. Most of the founders of the colonies were against it. Things happened later on that were terrible in the country. So sure. the point being, back to history comment, you don't forget it, Mike. You teach it. So we remember it and don't make those mistakes again. Yeah. That's the point. That's, oh man, I would love to, uh, yeah, yeah I, this is really making me want to take a trip to Texas, quite honestly, to go view this and <laughs> spend a couple, it sounds like it's a place you could spend a couple days in. That's, you know, just, uh, you know, walking around, soaking up the history. Um, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing stuff. I mean, I love history, especially when it's, you know, backed up by facts and documents and you know everything else that is a that's an amazing thing um all right so when we come back we're about a minute and a half out now here i want to talk did you get a chance to talk to anybody about some educational ideas do you have any just be so i don't you don't fall on your face when we come right back okay i'll be ready okay all right good all right um, oh, are we still going? No, we no. We're, we're <laughs> I thought not, that was shut up. We're going back. To no, radio. no, we're not. We're ninety <laughs> seconds out here. I just, but I don't want to get started ah, on that until gotcha. we until we return to the uh, to the radio. Um, it's you know this is going to make it in some ways. I think this will make it harder for you, Mike, when you go back because you're so full of vim and vigor and you're so excited, and then you're going to go back and get slapped in the face by all these so called Republicans. Uh, it, it's just got to well, be so frustrating. 
that's true, Mike. But what I will tell you is, is they make you, they help you be comfortable with you are where you're supposed to be. You know, so it's not, you know, you're not just banging your head against the wall and they go, many of the other legislators, that's a really cool part of it, facing the same problems and trials. And sometimes you get to uplift them. Sometimes they come tell you, hey, keep the faith, you know, keep trying, don't give up, it's worth it. And that's a lot of what they do through this. But remember, and I mean, I'm on year seven now, so I'm a little bit tempered. I'm not like, you know, just going and going, I'm going to change the world. I'm not, I'm not naive anymore to how they play the game and the power. So I understand that a lot of this might, and I'll talk about it on the radio because I know time's up, but it is a playing the long game. So we'll talk about it on the radio. I'll have to get some contact info from you, from the people that you talk to. Maybe we can bring wall builders on. Like I said, I've listened to some of the talks that Barton has given, and it's always been fascinating, but this sounds even better. I'm looking, looking for it. All right, uh, here we go. We're 10 seconds out. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, follow, do all the things, do all the just do it. Do it now. Here we go. Okay, uh, we're back. One final segment with Mike Shower. Uh, just talking about uh, his latest uh, conference. He went out to do a wall builders uh, conference down in Texas. We've been talking about American history and some of the unknown things, some amazing stuff. Um, but one of the questions that I asked him was, um, you know, what what about because he said he was picking up all these different ideas from these different legislators from around the country. Uh, we've seen across the United States in the last two years, two and a half years, this tremendous push to offer more choice, to offer more freedom for parents to be able to educate their children as they like, especially as the education industry has pushed back on, you know, reopening schools post-COVID and trying to get social justice initiatives in there to, to blackmail them and strong arm them to not open the schools until they get what their political goals are and everything else. And people like Terry McAuliffe tell, telling parents, uh, we know better than you how to basically, you know, you don't have any input because we know better than you how to raise your kids, at which immediately got him voted out of office. But that's kind of he said the quiet part out loud because that's a feeling from many people out there. Uh, so did you see anything out there uh, for educational ideas, you know, backpack funding, ESAs, educational savings accounts, you know, those kind of things? What did, what did you find? Short, What's going on? Short answer. Yes. Longer answer. I have, like I said, an entire folder full of bills and ideas that have either, like I said, been accomplished because a lot of people will bring them so people can see and learn from it or be able to use that data in progress right now or being considered. Several of the, of the different folks that um, spoke over the course of the conference have some fantastic ideas on how to do things, right? They're like, well, you can try this. This should work. They've looked at it legally. Um, they've seen things that are running through Congress. And so they've they have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of very smart out of the box thinkers there, but you know, well, if you do this, this would block, for example, the central, you know, bank digital currency. And, you know, we have to do things like this. And so, yes, that's why I said short answer. Um, yeah, a ton of stuff, long answer, um, things like backpack funding, many of these states and legislators were talking to, because a, a lot of legislators would stand up. They had like a, every day they had a short little session where it's like legislators could stand up and say, Hey, stuff that was going on in their state that was important, good or bad. Most of it was good. And you know, they said, like, yeah, we're doing this right now, or we just did this, right? We just passed a parental choice, you know, 
um, law. We just passed backpack funding. We just did all these different things. And many of them, you know, like I said, would have been saying, you know, here's the bill, you know, you're going to get a copy from them. So I was not prepared this morning to pull out the, you know, the uh, folder and go through it all. But in the, one of the future programs here, I'll do that. I'll sit down and give you an idea of read through, you know, either where they came from, those states and what the bills are, or what the ideas are, you know, attempting to accomplish in that legislation. And so, um, but like I said, that's why I'm saying I wasn't thinking about pulling all that out this morning right, and right. talking about it, but we will do that in the future to give you some more stuff and kind of keep the, keep the momentum going on the thoughts. And here's, I wanted to go back to one of the, one of the founders originally, because it, it does show the story. Cause you asked me, well, you gotta be frustrated. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. Cause we want to see results and you want to get things done. But the story of John Quincy Adams was just amazing because they talk you through it. And, you know, his dad, you know, most people say, well, what you know, Samuel Adams? Everybody goes, oh, the beer, you know, no, no. One of our most accomplished founding fathers, but right. John Quincy Adams, his son, when he was eight years old, he handed him a musket and joined the militia. You know, of course, back then he's like, you know, people don't realize this, but we treat our kids. They were talking about like the U.S. government wants to take adolescents to like 30 or something now The the continuing you know, dumbing down of our kids and make them kids forever. Uh, they're more malleable that way. But he's like, you know, back in the day, back in those years, foundation of country, I mean, Mike, most kids graduate from school, so-called whatever you would have, because there wasn't public education. Then um, they didn't get to control the entire narrative. They were 11 to 13 years old. And they were then out as a man or a right. woman doing their thing. Well, they were right? getting, yeah, and, they were getting married in their early teens. I mean, life expectancy yeah. was pretty low, right? I mean, they died in their fifties, right? Yeah, yeah. Forward. So, yeah. yeah. So the, everything was, but the point, their point was like, we don't treat kids. Uh, we we are dumbing down our kids because we are not allowing them to reach their potential. Oh, they're a kid. You know, they're only 18. They're only 20. They're only 25, you know, as opposed to going, no, you're 13, be a man. The bar mitzvah, what are the Jews? The the culture, like you're a man, step it up, get it done. And back then they graduated, they went to college. If they went to college, they'd be done by the time they're 16, 17 years old, college graduates. So John Quincy Adams, who went with his father when he was like 10. And then when he was like 14 to ambassadorships, he went to, he spoke like four or five languages. By the time he was 14 years old and he went over there and he has one of the most storied careers of, of many of the original founders or the ones that were around during that time, all the ambassadorships and things he did up to president back down again. And then he went back to Congress and he was in Congress till he died. And here's the point you're asking about certain stuff. It's like one of the most, um, most vocal anti-slavery people that led the fight. But here's my point after saying all that to give you the context and the history behind it, when he died. They had not yet, and this is fascinating, the history, Mike, they had not yet have, um, made slavery illegal in the United States. We weren't there. Right. But there was a young um, legislator that ran for office over and over again and kept not making it and finally made it in there, was um, being mentored by John Quincy Adams. When John Quincy Adams died there on the floor, had the stroke and passed away, he was mentoring a young man that went on to do great things. Would you like to know who that man was when John Quincy Adams never got to see the abolition of slavery in his lifetime, but planted the seeds, fought the battle, got it all out there in the public consciousness and never got to see the fruits of his labor. I you know who that young man was. He was mentoring from context. I can take a pretty good guess. That would be the, that would be the, uh, the penny guy. uh, I'm assuming that would be Abraham Lincoln, Mike, the very guy that went on to abolish slavery in this country and set us on a self-correcting path was mentored by John Quincy Adams, who spent his entire life fighting to make slavery go away and never got to see it. The point being is that 
and this was again that's just how they 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 do this and kind of get you uplifted and fired up it's like you plant the seeds now you may never see the results of what you're doing but you, that doesn't mean you can quit you yeah. continue to fight the battle you continue to plant the seeds you continue to mentor more people teach the kids the truth get them on the right path and someday maybe after you're gone things can still happen and and the right thing can be done the point is mike you can't give up the battle it was just you yeah. go back to the founding if if the people that founded this country were like us today there would be no United States. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> they would have given up. Well, well, too hard. Can't it, do it. It's you know? like the story that I heard many years ago, and I haven't heard it since, um, but it was a story, historical, a story of historical context talking about the Constitution and of the, you know, of the, excuse me, the De- uh, Declaration of Independence. Um, when they talked about the uh, people who signed it, the signers of the Declaration. Uh, and there were something like 54 signers of the Declaration. And by the time the war was over, by the time everything had been sent and done, um, when you say we, you know, pledge our lives, our duties, and our you know, our sacred honor and our lives and everything else, they weren't kidding because something like 50 of the 54 were either had been killed or were imprisoned by the British. By the time it was all said and done, 50 of them had given up their liberty, their lives, or almost everything else. Uh, and it's a fascinating story, but it's, I've only heard it one once or twice in my entire life has it ever been referenced. And those are the kind of stories you go, wow, they were really, really um, uh, dedicated to this. And you're right. We can't grow weary in well-doing. We can't give up the ship. We must continue to fight. We've got to continue to move on. And when we look at the – look, <clears throat> we were talking earlier about the uh, Matsu election. The election was last night, yesterday. Um, you know, voter turnout of 9.53%. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Come on. Uh, and a lot of it, I'm sure, is that people are just feel like their vote doesn't count. They throw up their hands. They're frustrated. We've got to encourage those people with some truth, with some history. We've got to get them out. We've got to get them engaged. I don't know how else to do it, but I think maybe there's a way with this. This sounds fascinating. It certainly is, Mike. And like I said, you know, the, the voting stuff you go back to when we show up and I say we, I mean, patriots, people that love their country still, people that are conservative, even independents and undeclares that tend to be more <clears throat> when you look at us as a nation politically right on the spectrum based on our belief system or principles. Um, we went when we show up at the polls, generally speaking, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> we win when we don't show up. In a way, as the saying goes, Mike, when you don't make a choice, you've made a choice. When you don't show up and vote, you have given your vote to somebody else. You have given the power that you have right, right. to somebody else. If 100% of the people show up and, you know, if the results don't go your way, so be it. Work harder next time. Right. But like we've said many times in this program, Mike, I mean, that is the voice many people have. That is your vote. It takes you minutes to go do it. And you can always do it absentee or, you know, whatever if you have to. But you, that's, that's part of your power. When you don't vote in a way, you are voting. You're voting for people that probably you don't agree with and that, you know, are going to do things that are going to upset you. So you go vote and you drag somebody. You know what I did yesterday? My youngest son hadn't voted yet. I took him to the polls with me, Mike. I doubled the amount of votes from our household. Well, actually, Michelle had already voted. But um, so I I drug somebody with me. He's like, yeah, well, you got to go vote. All right, we'll go. We went voting. Took us about 10, 12 minutes yesterday, drove down the street, voted, out we were. Nobody in line. Right. And exactly. so my point is you drag other people, you make them go, Mike, you get them into the process. Um, ask his girlfriends, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm don't throw them under the bus or anything. But like, you vote not yet. I'm like, she's like, oh, well, you know, when is the when's it over? Like today. She's like, oh, she's like, 
She said, well, when did that happen? Until 8, 8 o'clock tonight. And she went and voted. Yeah. I got two more people to vote exactly. yesterday. Mike, if everybody well, would put the effort to do it, you could double or triple. And that's well, still 20 or 30% isn't great, but it's better than what we're doing now. Hey, remember, you know? remember, government is what happens to you when you're not paying attention. So if you're not paying attention, you're not participating you're going to get you're going to you're not going to like what you get one way or the you may not like it even if you do vote but if you don't vote you're definitely not going to like it so it's interesting um i'm i'm excited about it all right mike shower uh thank you so much my friend good to talk with you we will see you again maybe next week huh hope so all right folks out of time for today don't forget tomorrow mark tufo is going to be joining us in hour two I'm so excited. We'll be back with more then. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Uh, Mike Shower continues with us uh, here for just a brief moment. We'll give him the final words for the day. Uh, I am excited about tomorrow, though, folks, so hopefully you'll all want to tune in. Um, <clears throat> Mike, so final thoughts, my friend. You get to, you get to, You get to do it to it here. Hit me with it. Well, I mean, let's think about it for a second. I was just talking about voting and getting people out, right? So we did. And what happens when we show up, even in, in smaller numbers? I mean, you know, one out of ten is not great, but, you know, we voted. But look, the Matsu stayed conservative. The far-left candidates looks like they have pretty much lost. Right. Um, and so it, in some cases, in, in some work. cases, in a funding of a four-to-one margin, by the way, Ole Larson was yeah, out, outraised four to one, yes. and he still he handily trounced the opponent. People didn't believe the lies. Um, you know that candidate was going around telling people she was conservative, which is clearly not the case if you look at her history at all. But the point is, Mike, the Matsu could have done what Kenai did, or what happened to Fairbanks. We could have just said, "Well, you know, we're not going to win. It's not worth it." And you know, let a let start letting far left people that are going to indoctrinate our kids with far left ideas like sixteen nineteen project. You know, and critical race theory and all the rest of it, we could let them take over again, but we didn't. We showed up. We won. And but that that is a turn that's the price, right? What's the price of freedom? Eternal vigilance. You can't give up. They're not gonna give up. They're gonna keep trying to twist the minds of our kids. They're gonna keep trying to rewrite the history of the United States. They're gonna keep trying to take power and turn again into a Marxist utopia that will eventually fail, like they all do. So we can't stop. But when we show up, Mike, we win. Our eyes our ideas are better. Our ideas are founded on principles that are timeless. We just need to not give up the battle. Um, and part of that is doing our civic duty of voting. And when we show up and vote and drag a person or two, a friend or two, a coworker with you to the polls, and you double or triple the numbers, we'll win almost every time. Almost every time. We'll probably do pretty good next year. You know why? Because it's a presidential year. And more people turn up to the polls, which means more conservatives will actually go vote. And that's how we break and, you know, uh, break red, if you will, when we do as a state, because they'll show up. But these off years are always tough because unions and special interest groups, they get their people out. And the average conservative is, is busy working and doing stuff and doesn't think much about it. So anyways, point is, Mike, do your civic duty. Take somebody with you. Take your wife or spouse or your friend or your coworker and get them to the polls. And, you know, when you look at a lot of these races, Mike, sometimes, like we've said before, they're down to a couple votes, a couple dozen votes. And you think just one church, one pastor, because we go back to the history of the country, because I know time is short. I mean, most of the people that were involved, in, I say most, many of them were pastors that fought, right. picked up a rifle. You know, they led their congregation, got them engaged into the battle. Um, the battle overall, not just military battle, but, you know, the battle for the, the to make a nation. These pastors led from the front, not just the pulpit. 
And, you know, so imagine one church, one pastor goes, you know what, we're going to be out there um, and we're going to get engaged with this. And, you know, 50 or 100 people of his congregation go, they'll, they'll swing an election. Imagine 50 churches or 100 churches doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you, got, a, you, only, get, a, you only get 9,000 votes out of 90,000 people. And, you know, 100 or 200 votes could swing an election in many ways. I mean, it doesn't take much. Oh, Mike, that's a whole nother thing we could talk about with uh you know the the church and the involvement of that and how that played out and, and what they did and things that are taking place and 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 stuff that's a whole nother we don't have time for it this morning but we'll have to spend some time talking about that too because that is just fascinating when you look at that part of the history and how it ties to the day and, and movements and things that are taking place but some of this stuff is happening and it's just like it's fascinating yeah. um but it is a it is just mike it was just there's so much more taking place um, then we, when then we see when our nose is to the grindstone. There's so many people that are with us and fighting the battle and love their country and don't want to give it up. Um, you know, it's just interesting to see this and hear about it. And and uh, you know, and then I, I'm encouraged by watching the Matsu. I'm like, we held on to pretty much every seat we needed to. You know, to to keep it um, from going left of center again. They're attacking us. They're not going to quit. But you know we've got to get some we've got to gain some ground in other places, right? We've got yeah. to look at some you know some races and gain some of Fairbanks back and make sure the Kenai is held and parts of Anchorage. I mean you know there's, um, but it takes work, right? And it takes getting people there. So anyway, yeah. that, that's that's the well, I know we're out of time, but it was uh, it's just really cool to tell people that and try to hopefully say folks don't don't lose hope because there's so much going on and it's and it's just there there are plenty of things to be hopeful and encouraged about. Don't grow weary in well-doing. That's the whole bottom line here. Don't get tired. Don't get tired of the fight. Just keep fighting no matter what. All right. Well, Mike Shower, thank you, my friend. As always, great to talk with you. Appreciate it. You got it, man. It was fun. Folks, we are out of time for today. We got more coming up tomorrow with Mark Tufo and more. We will see you then. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show